Hello there, and welcome into another episode of Mile High Hot Takes. I'm your host, Baylor, joined today by my co-host, Connor, and today we are talking about Denver Broncos football. Connor, we finally got a win. I, uh, it's about the only real solid positive I can take from week two against the Texans. Other than the defense looked pretty good about what yeah, i expect from them but you can poke a hole in that by saying you know, it was the texans davis mills did miss a couple throws that could have changed that game because you know, very put true up 16 points very true the only main solid takeaway you cannot argue is they gotta win and that at the end of the day is your main goal no matter how you get there get the win so i gotta applaud that before we just completely tear them down because i feel like that this episode might turn a little bit into that. Wins are the most important thing. Week one sucked for multiple reasons, but a lot of that would have been covered up by a win. This week, better in some areas, but also bad in others. The win helps hide some of that. And as long as you win games on the road to figuring out what your team's going to be and putting it all together, that's a positive because... I honestly don't know who this team is right now and what they're going to be. But until they figure that out, if they can win games on that path, more than happy. Exactly. That's It's kind of like what Cleveland's trying to do. Just tread water until... Exactly. Kind of same mindset, just like tread your water. It's going to click. Russell Wilson is a very good quarterback. This is a talented offense. I do believe in Hackett. It will click and it will take time. You want to have a shot at the postseason when it clicks. Because if we end up out of the playoff race and then it clicks and it's a little too late, that kind of sucks. But just beat the bad teams until it clicks and then go go fight. So... A big a big thing that the Broncos definitely need to do going into week three is they need to score in the red zone. Oh, it's pathetic. They're able to move the ball. Both weeks, it's been apparent they can move the ball. They can get themselves in scoring situations to put up a substantial amount of points in a game. But when you can't get into the end zone, you it, they haven't done it yet from inside the 20. All, there are only two touchdowns on the year, one in each game have come from outside of the red zone on big plays from receivers. Not big plays from receivers, but, you know, the, that tight end and the, tight, and the Texans game. It's a throw from 20 it was a cra- plus it was yards incredible, out. It was an incredible catch. Yeah, so inside the red zone should be over 50% of the time seven. Yes. Inside the five, I would like to see that number way higher than 50%. Yes. Maybe pushing like 75% of the time you're in the end zone. It's a good zero. We are over. And there's a mix of things. Cortland almost had that touchdown reception from the two. I don't mind that play once, but how do we not run the ball from the two? I understand week one you fumbled twice from the one-yard line, so maybe you got a little PTSD and don't want to do it, but that's that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Javante scores. Especially on first down. Like on first down from the two-yard line. Or second, because I like that I like that fade route. Catch him off guard. One-on-one, Cortland on a corner. I like Cortland to win that matchup almost every time. But every single down you wanted to throw it? I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand that. Yeah. It, so here's a big thing that I was looking at. 
uh, around the league this week. The Dolphins put up 42. The Ravens put up 38. The Jets put up 31. The Browns put up 30. The Lions put up 36. Commanders put up 27. Jags put up 24. And the Falcons put up 27. The Rams put up 31. The 49ers put up 27. The Cardinals put up 29. The Packers put up 27. The Bills put up 41. And the Eagles put up 24. From what we've seen so far from the Broncos, they're losing to every single one of those teams right now. Sheerly because, like, strictly because you're not scoring in the red zone. Exactly. Exactly. If I'm not mistaken, six is a bigger number than three, right? It is. Okay, good, 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 good. Um, Just want to make sure I'm right. You're, You're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, yeah. You get down there, you have to get in the end zone. That's just as simple as it gets. It have to be in the end zone. You cannot compete in this league if you cannot put points up on the board, and you cannot win games kicking field goals inside the 10. Sometimes, like, field goals aren't a bad thing. Situational, like a field goal from a 40-plus yard field goal off a tough drive, that's a great. You'll take that. Inside the 10, you need seven. Absolutely. You worked so hard to get there. You need the seven points. I don't know. That game could have gone a lot of ways. If the Texans would have scored in the red zone too, like a touchdown, yep. Yep. that game might be completely flipped. So, I don't know. You got the win. You didn't look great, but you did enough. I think still clean up the penalties. Please, please clean those up. I need to see, like, I think I, think I could... Eight's about what I about the most I want to see against. Well, and there's different San types. Francisco. There's different types of penalties, right? Th- there are. Like, you holding can... sucks. You can learn, but sometimes, if the defensive end's about to blast your quarterback, hang on. Like, sometimes it just happens. Sometimes you're also not. Obviously, you're not trying to hold. I don't think blatantly very often at all but like a, it's you're, sometimes you're it trying, happens you're sometimes trying hard you get caught you get caught you're trying hard you maybe hold on to him a little longer than you should um you know lots of an accidental happen. face mask happens exactly but there's some just lack of discipline lack of awareness penalties and those are the ones i hate and that's exactly. what we've seen way too many of exactly and you can't the thing is, you, just, you can't give teams... If you're going to struggle to score points, you cannot give teams free yardage, and whether it be hurting your offense or, you know, helping theirs. You, you cannot take over... You can't... It's over a football field. Well, and penalties can kill your own drives and cost you points, and they just as easily can keep other the other team's drive alive. Well, man, and it's deflating, too, when... You're you moving, see, you're moving, like, next thing you know, it's second and 15. Exactly, that or you're moving, you're moving, oh, you're in the end zone, nope, JK. Oh, the Melvin, the yeah. Melvin, uh, the holding Yeah. after a big play. You just got massive yards on a really cool play, the stadium's blowing up, your team's feeling good. Nah, just kidding, bring it back. Yeah. Just lets the air out. So, gotta clean it up again. Time management, still an issue, still something they all need to work on, but something I think they've heard. They they are well aware 
that we are now upset with it. The fans made that very prominent on Sunday, counting down the play clock. Um, I think that was okay. Sure, I get we're upset about that. Um, And also, it makes it very clear. I like that it makes it clear that they all know what we're upset about. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do not stand by the booing in one, one little bit. I don't agree with booing in any situation unless you're booing the other team. Exactly, or the refs. Yeah, yeah, them too. They're cool to be booed. But what's the point in booing your own team? You're supposed to help them when they're down, it, not push yeah. them farther down. Booing them doesn't make them say, oh, you know what, we got to turn those into cheers. It makes them, they feel worse than you do sitting in the stands. Yeah, because they're actively doing they it. Know it's, and they, think, know, they know better than we do when they You think that they don't know up. what's going on? You think that when they get that delay a game, they're just like, oh, you know, it's fine, whatever. We'll just do it first and 15. That's cool. No. They're frustrated. They're irritated. They know it's been something that's been happening. They're aware that they're running to the line and having to hurry the snaps along. They know. You don't need to boo them. They know when they're not playing well, and they know they need to fix that. Like, it started so early in the home opener with a new quarterback, with a new coach. It happened early. It's like a new team here, and you're getting booed in the first half. What are you doing, guys? Chill. And the frequency of the boos. Every single time we had to punt. Yeah, apparently you're not allowed to punt in the NFL. Obviously you want to score every drive. But that is unbelievably unrealistic. To expect your team to score every time and then boo them when they have to punt. I don't know. I've I've never enjoyed booing. I think it is the most unproductive thing in the world to boo your own team. But I don't know. For some people it might work. Yeah, I don't understand it. I don't think I'll ever understand it. Let's take a little bit of a more focused look at week three and the Jimmy G-led San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I do think that this team is better at this. With where Trey Lance is at, I think this team is better with Jimmy G. I'd agree. I do think that going into this, based on what I've seen this year from the Broncos, they're not going to win this game. This was a game I was hoping the Broncos would be able to win coming into the season. That's when I was expecting Jimmy, uh, not Jimmy G, uh, when I was expecting Trey Lance and the Niners to be similar to where the Broncos are, trying to figure out what their team's going to look at like, trying to figure out how to be at their best. But the 49ers know exactly what they need to do with Jimmy G to win games. And they're a well-oiled machine. They run the ball well. They have a variety of different ways to beat you offensively, and that defense is just brutal to play against. Even if you're a good team, good offense. We are not, at this point, a good offense. No, and this is they'll they'll put up they'll put up like 20, 20 and twenty five points easy, no problem. You can almost guarantee that they're gonna put up somewhere at least in the low twenties. And George Kittle hasn't played yet this season. So if he's back this week, I still don't trust the Broncos to stop a tight end. I think that's been a problem for the better part of a decade. Yes. If not a decade. Yeah. So he's one of the best in the league. I'd be nervous about him, and I'm also nervous on the ground. The Niners run the ball fantastically well, and we've looked slightly better but we haven't faced an offense that runs quite like the Niners. 
Niner, the Niners can run on anyone. When you're playing defense against the Niners defense, you're not trying to stop them. You're trying to limit them. And it, they're definitely going to be a real test. I don't think... You, you can't have too lofty of expectations when you have a team that is a run-first team and actually sticks by it because they know that their offense doesn't work when their run game isn't going. So they will continue to run it. So they need to have a solid game plan on containing and not letting that run destroy, you know, destroy that front line too much because if, if it gets out of hand... I just don't trust this offense right now to keep up in a high-scoring game at all. No, I don't. I don't trust it at all. I haven't really seen a plan of attack from our offense yet. You know what I mean? Like, like a no. Like why, why like are we offense, why are we calling these plays? Yeah, there's type no. Of thing. What's our identity? There's no. All right, we're are gonna, we running we're gonna, it first? Are we letting Russ run the offense? We're gonna run we... up the middle so that we can set up play action for a deep ball later i haven't seen that we just kind of ah you know what let's do this one now this feels good we haven't done this in a while no there's no like you're playing madden almost. yeah i don't know um i really did like that Cortland and russ looked way better week two than they did week one didn't really have an option missing exactly. tim patrick jerry judy after the second quarter and KJ Hamler did not play exactly, but they are going to have to play well together, mm-hmm. no matter who else is on the field for this team to be good. Cortland needs to be a legitimate number one wide receiver this year, and Russ needs to trust him. And I also want—I'm glad week two we saw a little more route variety from Cortland and all the receivers. I felt in general, but you're gonna have to put together some long drives in order to beat this 49er defense. Yeah. Yep. So, you got a score prediction on this one? No, I got no idea. Yeah, I, I was thinking, like... Like, it could be I in the teens, it could be uh, yeah. high 20s, I, I've got nothing. I want to take a stab at something like... 16-13 feels good, San Francisco wins. San Francisco, like, 24. Broncos, maybe 20. I'll, I'll give them two touchdowns this week. Here we go. I got mine. 17 to 13. 49ers win. Broncos have a ball with a chance to score a touchdown late in the game to win and fail. Wow. I like that one. I like that one. All right. Well, that's the end of this episode. We appreciate you listening to the very end here, and we'll catch you on the next one. Hello, Mile High Hot Takes fans. This is your producer, Alex, and I wanted to tell you about another show that I produce called Deep Dive. It's a music plus talk show that guides you through some of the greatest albums of all time, and it's exclusively on Spotify. You'll be able to listen to an iconic album along with the story of the album in between the songs. Search for Deep Dive Albums or click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mile High Hot Takes. For more content, check us out on Twitter at 5280hottakes. Got feedback for us? Send an email to 5280hottakes at gmail.com. Mile High Hot Takes is produced by Enchilarga Productions.
Oh, thank you.